0: Hello, you're listening to Eve, Where Are You? A show designed to confront toxic practices against women in the church. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Davis, conflict coach and resolutionist. We're in week two of Women's History Month, and my story for this week centers around a woman who knew what she wanted to do at a very young age. And just like last week, I believe this story will be just as inspiring. As a matter of fact, this one touched me in a number of places that I could personally identify on a number of levels. And I hope the same is true for you. Now, as of last week, just like last week, I'm not going to share the name. I'm not going to share where she's from. We're just going to identify with her as a woman. So let's go in. At the age of seven, she had taken a private vow of chastity. And she had every intention of entering the convent and dedicating her life to Christ. It would be easier to melt a stone than to tear this holy resolution out of my heart, she told her parents. You only waste time in trying to fight against it. Her parents were devastated, but after they both wept bitterly over her fierce declaration, her father surprised everyone by acquiescing to his daughter's resolution. My dearest daughter, it is far from us to set ourselves against the will of God in any way, and it is from him that your purpose comes, he told her. Keep your promise and live as the Holy Spirit tells you to live. We shall never disturb you again in your life of prayer and devotion or try to tempt you from your sacred work. He then warned his wife and children not to lay any obstacles in her spiritual path. Now that already. okay. I'm just going to take a couple of chunks from there and spend a few seconds on it. First, her dad said, we will not try to tempt you from your sacred work. How many of us know people who know what it is that we desire to do? And instead of being support and encouragement, they're doing whatever they can to hinder that. Now, for a lot of, of us, we don't even recognize it as such. And I want you right now to just mentally think about those that you know in your life who are set in place to be a distraction. Because her dad in this story, he said to her, we're not going to try to tempt you. So it's it's as though he knew and many people do as they're doing it that if I do or say this, this may discourage this person from continuing down the path that they're on. And if you have people in your life like that, you really need to consider whether or not you want to continue allowing them to keep you from moving forward in the things that you know you should be doing. Then he said, He warned his wife and children not to lay any obstacles. So not only was he saying, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to allow anyone else to do it. Those are the kind of people you need around you who will protect what is important to you, who will cover you, pray for you as you are pursuing what you believe is what you are called to do. And we need to be so serious And so determined in the same way that she is, that even if they don't realize it, that they're serving in this way in our lives, that we are smart enough to say, you know what? This isn't working for me right now because I'm trying to accomplish X, Y and Z. So, okay, let's go on. She continued to communicate constantly with God. And as she entered her late 20s, she began to hear a recurring command from him to serve the greater public. A command she initially questioned. Go forth without fear in spite of reproach, God told her. I have a mission for you to fulfill. Wheresoever thou goest, I will be with thee. I will never leave thee, but will visit thee and direct all thy actions. The mission, she would soon learn, was to reform the church. Okay, so I'm going to hold that last part because I already said there were some things in here that touched me personally. But she heard from the Lord. He said to her, go forth without fear in spite of reproach. And I think one of the things that we may not really grasp, especially as Christian women, Because we believe, you know, when God has called us to do something, that everything is going to fall in line, everything is going to work well together, He's going to give us favor, the right people are going to come along. But there will be times throughout this journey that you will not have everyone singing your praises, or everything will not work out perfectly, or you may not feel comfortable in doing the thing that you believe you're called to do. But in spite of that, We are to go forth. And he said without fear, because fear is a hindrance for a lot of us. It's paralyzing. But when you are in Christ and when when what you are doing, you believe is from God. He puts in us a righteous indignation, a righteous anger, a righteous sense of justice and a godly wisdom that gives us the courage to go forth in spite of reproach. And that's where we need to get. We need to to determine, we need to establish, we need to settle within ourselves that I'm going no matter what. And then at the end, she says she knew, this book says the mission she would soon learn was to reform the church. When I read those words, I was like, whoo because this work right here helping women to recognize the power and the authority and the assignment and the commission that is on our lives this is a this is a heavy burden this is to 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 walk in this area when there is so divisive there's so much contention and there's so many views on it I had to be sure I was hearing from the Lord because reforming the church is never easy. We are the church. We are the people. We as the people are the church. And what I'm talking about is the organization, the establishment that needs reformation. And that's exactly what we're talking about here, because, of course, you and I as individuals, we need to work on ourselves. Right. We need to work on how we think. Um, how we handle situations, how we handle other people. But then there is the institution, the organization of the church that also needs reformation. And that is what God has called me to step into that arena and to sound the alarm in that area so that we can change how it is that we receive and develop the women that God has called, just like this woman, to do a greater work for the advancement of the kingdom. Okay. So let's go on. It says in the 1300s, because this is when she was living in the 1300s, she traveled to visit the pope in person, though without education, wealth or rank. She entered the palace confidently and spoke to the pope through an interpreter, exhorting him to lay aside his own selfish interests and return to Rome. Here's what she said to him. Do not be a boy, be a man, she boldly conjured him. Her rhetoric though risky was ultimately successful. Whew, Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Because we already know a woman who is aggressive, right? Uh somewhat confident, we already know that there are going to be labels associated with her. And my question to you, woman as you're listening to this podcast, is who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the Holy Spirit as he gives you a directive to do or to say something? Or are you going to continue to allow men and women to tell you how you should act, what you should be saying, and what you should be doing? Once you know what it is that you're supposed to be doing, the resoluteness that you have the singleness of focus that you have makes it easier to ignore what people have to say about you because you're getting your 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 commands, you're getting your instructions from the Holy Spirit. And he supersedes everyone else and everything else. And that's what at least when I was reading this, that's what I was sensing. She was so focused on the assignment and what needed to be done. That her gender, his gender, his position didn't matter. There was a message he needed to get because there was somewhere that God was trying to get him for the greater good of the church. So my question to you, woman, as you're listening to this podcast, what's hindering you? What excuse are you using? Is it your education? Is it your lack of wealth? Is it your rank that keeps you from confronting whatever it is that God has told you to confront, to change, whatever he's giving you to do? So it may be risky, as it says here. Her rhetoric, though risky, was ultimately successful. You have to know that no risk, no reward. And so today is a good day to look at yourself again and ask yourself, what risk am I willing to take to fulfill what God has called me to do? Let's move on. She says, I burned with desire to suffer for the glory of God and the salvation of souls for the reform and welfare of the Holy Church. My heart almost burst with the desire to give my life. Yet, she also realized and accepted that martyrdom was not God's will for her. It was clear to her that God's mission for her was within the maelstrom of world politics. Ah, this is good. This is good. Okay. So she says here that although her heart almost burst with the desire to give her life because that sounds really spiritual, doesn't it? I want to give my life for the Lord. Uh, I want to lay down my life for the Lord. Well, when you think about what it means to be a martyr, a martyr is someone who chooses to sacrifice their life or face pain and suffering instead of giving up something they hold sacred. That you will face whatever comes to protect what matters most to you. And my question to you is, when are you going to learn to hold sacred what God has called you to do? When will that supersede what people think about you? How people feel about you? What they have determined is the farthest that you can go. When will what you desire for God supersede how you're seen by these other people who are not God? Like, this is a real question that you really need to think about. So we we say we will, you know, I'll die for you. I'll die for my son. I'll die for my children. I'll die for my spouse. But really, right now, we need people to live. We need you to live for these people and be the example and be the leader and speak up, stand out, step forward. We need to change how it is that we are living how it is that we are raising our children, how it is that they're being educated, how it is that we're loving one another, how it is that we're respecting the differences in one another. Like there's real work that needs to be done in these areas. And so God needs us as vessels of honor to step into the areas that he's called us to do to represent him in this way in the earth. So if you're going to be a martyr for something, if you're going to sacrifice something, don't let it be the call that God has given you. In fact, stand up strong for that. And check this out. At the end, she says it was clear to her that God's mission for her was within the maelstrom of world politics. It wasn't the church building. You can have a ministry that has nothing to do with where it is that you choose to worship. It can be on that college campus. It can be where you're working. It could be in your community. It could be as you travel. God needs us everywhere doing all kinds of things. And so ministry work. And that was this is in the 1300s to hear this woman say she knew she was called to politics for God. You know, that's almost like a cuss word sometimes politics and God like you can't put those two together. There's so much that we need to to learn. Ladies, there's so much that we need to understand. The vastness, the breadth, the depth of who God is, what he's capable of doing and how he can use us is so much greater than where we currently are. So, all right, let's let's wrap this up. It says the fact that a woman served as a political envoy during this tumultuous time is nothing short of astounding. Her letters, more than 300 of which have been preserved and published, illustrate her fierce determination and fearless conviction, as well as her savvy negotiation skills and her ability to influence even the most fiery and powerful political figures of the time. It was no secret that the Pope was a difficult man, prone to volatile and even violent outbursts. But her ability to appease yet also persuade him, as well as dozens of other high level officials, is a remarkable testament to her steely determination and her peacemaking skills. And my question to you. What are your skills? Do you know what your skills are? If you knew what your skills were, it would probably be easier to step into whatever arena you believe God was calling you to. You need to figure that out. You need to look at your life, spirit, soul, and body, home, community, church, however it is you want to separate it, categorize it. What, is, what a value do you bring to each area? As a woman, as a mother, as an employee, as a sister in Christ, as an ambassador of the Lord, on your job, wherever it is, what value do you bring and what difference do you believe you can make? It's not what other people say. What do you say? Because that's what's most important. If there are things that you wish you knew how to do and you don't know, you can Go back to school, you can get online, you can go to the library, you can join clubs. There are ways to get the skills that you desire to have so that you can fulfill that desire, that burning, that longing of whatever it is on the inside of you that you wish you could do. Because after all, we don't want to leave here with regrets. We don't want to find out that we were a third or half of the woman we could be. Had we leaned in, pressed in, pursued hard what God brought us here on this earth to do. So I hope you're enjoying this uh, as much as I am, because this really blessed my heart. And so in closing, it says today she is honored and is remembered for her numerous contributions to Christianity, including her voluminous and articulate letters, her revelations from God, and her unique ability to influence the most powerful political and religious men of the time. Even beyond her historical contributions, though, we admire her for her strong willed determination, her courage, and her obedience to God, no matter what the cost. God instructed his disciple to go forth without fear. She never wavered in heading. She never wavered in heeding that command. And my final question to you, are you wavering? So maybe it's a couple of questions. Are you wavering is a question and if so, why? You need a plan and then you need to execute that plan. If it's difficult and more challenging Uh, than just me saying this, you know, yes, do this, do X, Y, and Z. If you know you need support, you need an accountability partner. If you don't have one, you need to ask someone, you need to let them know what it is that you're desiring to do. And if they will check in with you every now and then, or you voluntarily check in with them and let them know how you're doing. This year doesn't have to be like last year, it doesn't matter what else is going on because God knew and knows everything that we're going to face. And yet he still calls us. I hope you've enjoyed this. That's it for this week's lesson and reading for our honor of Women's History Month. In closing, I say you are beautifully and wonderfully made in the image and likeness of God. There are no limits to what you are able to accomplish, so don't accept any. It has been my pleasure to be with you and I look forward to our next time together. If you have a topic you would like to hear discussed, please submit them at EveWhereAreYou.com or for church leaders in need of assistance in addressing these types of matters, Please contact me by going to my website to submit a request for consultation. To stay connected, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Nicole Davis1 and Instagram at Eve Where Are you? Now, with that said, let's go be a positive force and lift up every woman everywhere. Thank you for listening.